Does the law really work the way TV and movies depict? Let's discuss with Christine and Christine. All right. Hello, everyone. Oh, so happy that everyone's joining us. I am Christine Mattis, and you are listening to the original podcast from the Mattis Law Group, Law and Pop Culture. And I am your co-host, Christine Mattis, and I am joined by... Christine Gursky. Hello, everybody. How are you? My goodness. I feel like, you know, we are on a roll here with some of my favorite shows to talk about during this podcast. And and you know, it it makes sense to be going on a theme with regards to this from the last episode. Mm -hmm. And I was chatting about this with my daughter because, you know, as she is in high school, she hasn't really, she knows a little bit about Jane Austen and her works. So I mentioned this again, uh, what we're going to be talking about. She was just like, wow. she seems like everyone's always talking about Jane Austen. And I said, well, cause she's real. I mean, it's, it is something, I mean, I was first introduced to her in high school. I remember Jane Eyre was my first book that I read and cried. I remember my mom looking at me saying like, what's happening. I said, this story is so sad. I'm crying, you know? So uh, I love the theme. I think it's great. And especially uh, for all of the listeners who have daughters, I think, you know, again, in such an inspiration to to remember about how uh, how she's put together just this wonderful type of uh, stories uh, and a reflection of society, to be quite a- a- honest, you know, how I've read it. I know. And it's so much fun reading, you know, about this this era, because obviously for us here in the 20. 20- first century 22nd right um we are just looking it's so much fun to see what happened back then because obviously there's still you know the the interplay between the relationships between uh, relationships between people but also how far we've come right the kind of rights that women have now compared to what they had before and you know i know we haven't said the title of the uh what we're going to be um talking about today it's persuasion and I got to tell you, this is one of my favorites just because it was mentioned in another movie. Um, it was, uh, what movie was that? I, all of a sudden I forgot, but The Lake House with, um, with yeah. Keanu Reeves. Oh, um, yes. It was actually talked about in that movie. And that's what prompted me to read the book because I wasn't really interested in the story to begin with. But after I saw The Lake House, I was like, I don't have to read Persuasion. Then they come out with this movie with Dakota Johnson. And I said, wow, well, that's going to make it so much more interesting. And this is the version that we're going to be talking about today. So, But you know, I think, just a side note, that if Keanu Reeves just gives a list of recommended books, boy, the libraries would be so busy. That's all I'm going to tell you. That's it. (laughs) Absolutely. I'll take Keanu's recommendations any day. Well, well, he's at it. Can you just bring it to me in a silver platter? And I could just stare at him. (laughs) Actually, read to me, please. You know, get a cup check with Audible Books and just go through it. (laughs) I know, I know. And and so in this story, you know, and I, I think about this story of persuasion, if we really think about it from that romantic point of view, the Jane Austen point of view, it's really about waiting for somebody, waiting for the one that you really love, the one that you really want to be with. But of course, in this in this scene, it's all about waiting for somebody because when you first fell in love with him, he just didn't have enough money. And you're accustomed to a lifestyle. This is what happens with Anne, who's our protagonist. Anne is the, the second of three daughters of Sir Walter Elliot. Sir Walter Elliot spends a little bit of too much money of this estate that he is um, that he has 
you know, um, this estate is giving him some sort of income, but unfortunately, you really can't keep up with the kind of spending that he does. And, you know, in the very beginning of the movie, we see that he's losing his estate because he's really not very good with his money to the point where he actually had to rent out his house. And we see them, you know, having to move to Bath. You know, from from Kellynch Hall. I'm not quite sure where Kellynch Hall was, but they had to move to Bath, and I thought Bath was even more expensive. But that's another yeah. story. And I'll, I'll on a, yeah, and I've I've been there. It's beautiful. So I'm like, oh, oh where's this other place? Wow. Right. It's just it just has a you know. Every time I go to, I think about going to England. I'm like, I must see everything that Jane Austen pointed out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that so, would be a, I there's a tour. I bet that would be a good tour. That would be a Madison Lawwood vacation. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's true. Live. Yes, exactly. We'll do a live podcast there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Live podcast. And we'll be talking about anyway, said it. So, right. and then of course in the in the movie itself. So Sir Walter Elliott, he's you know, as I said, he was losing his funds. And we see that, you know, we hear about Anne having fallen in love with somebody who who is just a sailor, you know, you know, um supposed to, you know, uh supposed to be somebody who really didn't have any means but she was forced not to marry him by you know a very dear friend telling her you know he's not a good fit you need to like you know you, you need to have you need to marry up um then she finds herself in the same company with this captain wentworth that's the, the love of her life finds herself in the same company with him because he was visiting in town met, and um you know, she's in a group with him and meeting up uh, and seeing how other people might be finding him interesting. And she realizes that she still loves him no matter what, you know, but she knows that he may not be in love with her anymore after she treated him so poorly. Um, and what happens here from an estate planning perspective, right? I mean, this is really what we're talking about. We realize that, you know, he's actually moved up in the world. He can really provide for her. He ends up, you know, they end up together. But what we see here is an estate of a gentleman who really couldn't maintain it. He had to pass, he had to kind of downsize so that he can continue to rent the place and have some type of income. And then um, had to pass it on again, not to his daughters, but to another family member who happens to be male. And these are the things that happened, of course, in England back in the 18th, you know, early 19th century. Um, the kind of stuff that we don't see very often here. But the way the estates were handled back in the day was, you know, there was a big sum of money. You get an income from it every year. And that's why many people say, I don't have an estate. You know, it might not be these like millions of dollars where you are receiving a certain type of income. But no matter what, when you have assets, just like in this case, Mr. William Elliott couldn't actually get into that money, but he could only get the income from it. So that's why he was so stuck. That's why he was, you know, in a position to have to rent out the place. Um, but anyhow, that said, when it comes to this particular situation and the whole estate planning, one of the things that we can do are saying things like trusts. Um, you know, this sounds like if you looked at it from the 21st century perspective, this was a trust that was giving Sir William Elliot a certain amount of money every year to be able to live for his health, education, maintenance, and support. But he was, you know, spending above and beyond his income. So and, and that's right. It was probably one of the early workings of, you know, the basics of how a trust works. And, and you know, mm -hmm. when we use the word trust, 
I've always seen a lot of times people have this misconception has to have, you know, millions of dollars in it and it's not for us. But, you know, I always say when I chat with my families, right, when I say, hey, do you want to talk about trust? Or they'll ask me, what's this about trust? And all I tell them, it's just a tool. It is just Mm -hmm. a tool. It's a financial tool, but it's a tool that can help you do a certain thing and get to a goal, you know? So Mm -hmm. in, in this situation, for whatever reason, you know, it was a tool that says, here's money for you. You can't get it all at once. You're going to get distributions. And, you know, how do we control that through a tool called a trust, right? And that and that's what it is. It's, in a, you know, just conceptionally, that's what right. it is. But, you know, when I read this, you're right. I mean, I'm reading this. I'm like, okay, so everybody kind of had a trust in that situation when you're passing mm-hmm. it down, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. with the trust, yeah. mm-hmm. And what I thought was interesting, Chris, was the flexibility of it, right? Because, you know, when we're helping clients and we have certain tools we present, um, some tools are very flexible that things can be modified according to a circumstance. And then there are some tools that you really can't. There's limited things you can change. But, you know, so then in this situation, you know, when we saw how this person is struggling, you would wish that like, oh, wish there was a way to change the tool, Mm -hmm. change the trust so that have bigger distributions or, you know, what's left in it, just have access to it, you know, whatever it is, you know, and mm-hmm. these are the things you can build in your trust somehow, some way, not all, but, you know, in some trusts, you can build some of these circumstances, you know, and, and that's why, you know, it, you just have to be thoughtful and take mm-hmm. your time when created. It's so easy to say, I want this, I want that, you know, and then yeah. when you and I prod these questions that we've seen down the line, uh, it does cause them to pause and that's why these things are very useful, but they take time. They take time. Exactly. You know, my mom exactly. had always said instant is not always good, like instant coffee, exactly. you know? So <laughs> except if you're talking so, about ramen, I'll take instant ramen in a heartbeat. <laughs> but yeah, go on, Chris. Yeah. I, I, but you know, it, it, it's a great, I mean, that's a great example. You mm-hmm. know, Jane Austen's, you know, themes in her book are great. Uh, example of how how a trust can work right and yes. how it how it's hard sometimes and exactly and you know and it's so funny when I was re- when I was watching this movie and of course I'm watching this movie while being you know well here I am drafting plans and I'm like wow that's what he was doing and so whenever I'm talking to clients and whenever I'm thinking about how they want to pass on their assets my question to them was well how much flexibility do you want them to have do you want it to be limited or do you want them to be able to dig into that big principle? Because what happened here is, you know, it looks like Sir Walter Elliott couldn't dig into the principle. He had a certain amount every year, which is what happened very often in the States back in the day. You know, he had a certain amount of every year that he had every year, but he was spending. And instead of putting something for savings for the next, you know, that's all he got. And he just kept spending. American. And, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Right. That's right. <laughs> yes. And but that you know, I mean, and going now that you know we're talking about somebody who doesn't know how to spend this inheritance, right? This could be addressed too. You know, with proper this kind of situation could be addressed with proper estate planning. But of course, it's also about knowing your children, knowing you know spending habits, and potentially you know planning ahead and thinking, well. I wouldn't want them to have something outright at 25. Maybe I want them to have it outright at 30. So 
things oh, yeah. that we can talk about. That's the that's the fun part. <laughs> it is, you know, and and sometimes, you know, it also could be overwhelming. And I never want someone to be lost in the details, but it is good to have parameters and just mm-hmm. have an idea. Uh, and, and then there are times that you can be flexible and change them. You know, what you expect that today when we create it and we're thinking down the line and you can't predict, like you said, someone's personality or issues that happen. You know, there might be a time you have to say, listen, we were thinking this was going to happen, but we didn't realize these are the potential problems now with this person or whatever the issue is, then, you know, we have to change it, you know? So uh, that is, you know, that's key. But again, as I remember this movie, you know, I'm thinking like, it's so interesting how, you know, it just seemed like that was set in stone. That's it, you know, but in real life. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, it was done, like you said, in the 1800s, but in real life, you really want to build in certain situations. I mean, in a lot of our trusts, you know, the tools are, there is ways to terminate, you know, if these situations appear, these trusts will terminate, they will dissolve, they will no longer, you know, because of, you know, you look at the intent, like, why did we create this trust, you know, and then you look at, you know, what's been going on. And if the intent isn't being fulfilled, that might be a reason to so you know what? We don't need this trust. It's not mm-hmm. useful anymore. You know, it's causing exactly. more problem than than not. You know, but most of the time, these trusts are very useful. They're very hopeful. You know, they're really good. Uh, but it's all up to finding out what's there. Sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. You know? I know <laughs> exactly. I'll be happy to explain. You know, but yeah, I I thought it's a great movie, Chris. It was great. And that kind of leads us to our real life situation. That's always the second segment uh, where we also look into things that are in the news, uh, celebrities or uh, people that we've read about. And if it's related to estates or guardianships, so we're going to comment on it. So right now, uh, you know, again, that movie was talking about what happens about inheritance and how to handle it or not handle it. And when we come to our real life situation, we're going to be focusing on Whitney Houston's daughter, Bobby Christina. And I have to say, you know, reminding myself about the situation, it's it's really a tragedy on so many levels with with that side, you know, um, and, it, and it is really sad. But, you know, hopefully, you know, knowing what the circumstances are could really reveal what were the issues. And hopefully for those of you listening you know, things for you to think about and things that you might want to get ahead of the situation when you think of what's happening in your lives. So as we know, Whitney Houston, again, famous singer, I mean, that voice, that beautiful voice, uh, sadly, uh, had passed away, she died, but she did have one daughter. And uh, she died in 2012, Whitney Houston. And it was in Atlanta, probate court where her will was probated so you know in one sense good she had a will um, but there were issues with this will right her will was originally drafted in 1993 she did make uh, an amendment in the year 2000 uh, and she created something called and they were calling it you know in a lot of the news channels a springing trust meaning that uh after bills are paid, after creditors are paid, whatever's left will be then placed into a trust for the benefit of her daughter, Bobby Christina. Uh, And sadly, though, that trust, that will is not accurate. It was never updated because at the time she created it, she was married uh, to Bobby Brown. But then in 2017, she had divorced, but all of the documents referred to her husband, Bobby. 
Uh, so that causes some issues moving forward. But again, it was a trust that now was being funded for the benefit of her daughter. The trustees uh, were going to be uh, her aunt and grandmother, Bobby's aunt and grandmother. Uh, and Sissy Houston was the uh, grandmother. So the trustees, which is interesting, is when they looked at all the way, because Whitney Houston did have a large estate, I believe it was something like $18 million, $20 million estate, meaning all of her assets after you pay all the bills, was supposed to be provided to Bobby Christina. The trustees felt, well, that's a lot of money to give uh, her because she was very young. Uh, so they wanted to um, change it, but uh, they did withdraw their complaint because typically courts do side with what's written. I mean, it's so hard to get into the mind of the person who created it and, and have that authority to change it. So they withdrew it. So they had started in action and then they said, you know what, we're not going to do that. Um, so it looked like, according to the papers, that Bobby Christina was going to get her first portion uh, of the estate and it was going to be um, when she turned 21. When her mom died, she was going to be 21 in about two years. Uh, and then she was going to get another lump sum at 25 and another lump sum at 30. So this was the creation that was made, again, that we were talking about earlier, that when you create, when you're using a tool like this and you want to, you know, create distributions, you know, maybe it's true. We have a lot of families that say, you know, uh, I don't know if my kids, because legally, right, Chris, they can receive it at 18. You're considered an yes. adult. If you don't put it in trust, oh. they just get it outright. They if you just say that they're the beneficiary at 18, they get it. And, and I, I count on my hand <laughs> how many families have said, that's fine, at 18. Uh, really. Exactly. And really, I there's no judgment here. But it's just, everybody's different. But make sure you consider it. You know, consider it 18 I think about when I was 18, but you know what? There are a lot of other, everyone's different. And there are 18 year olds who are very responsible. And then there's like me, you know, so like, like, what? what <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, it would be a really challenging. So they created, so, you know, Whitney at the time created these uh, parameters. You'll get three, you know, it'll be divided into third, my estate. And, you know, I'm sure at the time it made sense, but as she was getting older and as her estate was growing Maybe there could have been modifications, you know, but there must have been some thinking on her head why this made sense. Or perhaps as it was getting closer, she should have modified it. You know, who knows? But just that's what was going on. So when Bobby Christina turned 21, she received her first payment. Uh, and they think that first payment, again, uh, was estimated anywhere from a third so the third of about 20 million dollars so that's what she was going to get um and her, then at the same time uh bobby christina decided to get married and she got married to a nick gordon in 2014 um gordon was raised and treated like a son by whitney houston from the time he was 12 so i guess they all were just all together whitney houston's mother sissy reportedly uh, was not happy with it. She felt that that was weird because if they were treated as brother and sister, how did this happen? But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I don't know. You know, it, you know, who knows? I have to say, I hate to compare it, but uh, I remember reading about um, that uh, director, writer, Woody Allen, and when he ended up marrying his stepdaughter, oh. felt that was weird. I know they're not related yeah. by blood, but... There is a mental uh, aspect of a relationship. So who no. knows? I don't know. I don't want to get. <laughs> not, so not, anyway. We're not doing family law today, Chris. 
<laughs> nope. No, this is a state. She did have uh, another a co-executor, and that was Pat Houston, and that was her sister-in-law. So sister-in-law was really not happy. So she actually has obtained a restraining order against Gordon, um, saying that you know um, Gordon really was someone who who could be feared. He was making strange comments about guns and threatening things, um, but you know. Who knows how how that's happened? So you can just see that there's a lot of family angst here, a lot of family um, strain that's going on, to say it nicely. Um, but, you know, in the end, this also does not bode well for Bobby Christina. Uh, and then in 2015, uh, she passed away. Uh, she was found unconscious in her bathtub. Although she was rushed to the hospital, she did not survive. She was in a coma for six months. Mm-hmm. And she died of pneumonia, uh, and she was only 22. So it's very sad. This whole thing is very sad. So there was a wrongful death lawsuit filed in 2016. Um, and, you know, it looked like that Nick Gordon was found legally liable for Christina's death, although he was not faced criminally. So civilly, he was mm-hmm. held responsible. And as everyone you know, may have known by now, the civil standard to prove is much lower than criminal. So uh, for whatever reason, he was found guilty um, as a result of her death. In that same lawsuit, the conservator of Bobby Christina's estate claimed that Gordon had intended to steal Bobby Christina's money um, by falsely maintaining that he was married to her. He died in 2020 of a heroin overdose. So again, this is like a terrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, many many levels so for the estimated 18 million of the estate there was a clause in the uh, will in the trust so that if whitney houston's daughter died not married without any children then the bulk of the estate then goes to whitney's brothers she has two brothers and her mother sissy so bobby brown was not entitled to any portion of the estate even though um, he was listed as a beneficiary bobby was the husband if you remember he was uh, also a singer, um, yep. um, and uh, and the issue is that again, here's the problem when you don't update your estate planning documents. So here's someone who's mentioned as a beneficiary and who's mentioned as my husband. Um, he was not counted because they were divorced. He's not a husband, mm-hmm. uh, and and there are laws. I know in New Jersey, if you're divorced, you are now not entitled to be a beneficiary. But I'll share with you that I've dealt with several life insurance companies where, say you're married and your husband is the beneficiary, then you divorce and you forget to update your beneficiary form. Life insurance companies don't know, unless they're notified, they're going to cut a check to him. And then Mm -hmm. it's up to you to chase them to say, you weren't supposed to receive that. You're not my husband. Uh, And there is a statute, but in the end of the day these life insurance companies aren't kept up with that unless you tell them i'm divorced here's the divorce decree or i i want to change my beneficiary right. you're gonna have a big problem in your hand chasing it down because a lot of times they spend it now what right. now exactly you know okay. that that is a big big issue that i noticed in here mm-hmm. um so now since 2022 the size of whitney houston's estate was reportedly um, quadrupled because of releases of movies, um, cosmetic line named after her and other types of merchandise. Um, you know, and we've always seen that where, you know, the after effect when a celebrity dies, the estate does grow. 
you know, and in the end, you know, sadly, it didn't go to the intended people. It didn't eventually go to her brothers and her mom. But it would have been nice if somehow, some way it would have kept with Bobby Christina and mm-hmm. and whatever can be done. I mean, it was only another year, right? Or two years or I three know. years. And that was it. Well, you know what? Maybe, you know, I hate to say it. You know, if you really look at the situation, she married a guy who ended up with a cocaine addiction, a heroin addiction. You know, if she had received the money outright, that would have been more money, more, you know, that he could have received also. Maybe it didn't did work out in the best, you know, best right. way possible. Right. And, and you know, true. again, it looked like she had a trust that was created. But exactly. again, the gist of the trust was just about distributions. Um, right. A lot of times our trust will build in a substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, disabled contingency that if these things kick in, the trustees will have a right to say, listen, this is uncontrollable. I'm not sure what, what's going on. Uh, You know, and, and, you know, that's, what's the sad part is that, you know, uh, there are times that you need to go to specialists, right? Um, Going to people who create wills and general trust is great, but if you can find professionals who really focus on, who do a lot of it, they be able to explore these situations or build in a secondary plan when mm-hmm. bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I'm, you know, as I was, you know, thinking about and reading more and more about what happened to Bobby Christine, I kept thinking, how did this go off the rails so quickly? Right. Uh, you know, and, and we weren't there with all the circumstances, but I just feel like, my gosh, I wish there was more control going on here mm-hmm. um, and, and that I wish it was updated. Perhaps with an update, they would have caught a lot of these things, you know, yeah. um, because who would have known her estate would have been that, you know, who I'm sure they can anticipate these numbers. But, you know, as as you're getting closer to it, you're seeing like these are big numbers for a kid, you know, or let's create Absolutely. a corporation, an advisory group to help her manage the money. Because it just seems to her, her alone, holy moly, you know, you usually want, um, you know, with larger sums that you're having an advisory group set in, you know, having someone come in and, and a group, you know, help manage it because, you know, for her to have full reign over it, you know, I, I find that hard, very hard, very yeah. hard. At anyway. 21. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, again, that's a, yeah. But again, thank you everybody for listening. Hopefully this information was useful. Uh, I loved, you know, chatting about it with you, Chris, and, and I, refreshing my memory about the movie Persuasion, but also uh, just revisiting some of the sad things that happened to Whitney Houston and her family. Um, I and, know. And- you this know, was so a really good one. I loved yeah. I, I really loved the the topics that we had today because it's just, you know, per, you know, Jane Austen is just and and Whitney Houston. If you really think about it, those are our people. <laughs> you know. People. That's right. Our well, thank you. Well, <laughs> thanks for everyone. everything. Thank you for being here everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening. For more, go to madismall.com.